0: Glad to have you with me on JHE Ministries Hardline, where we take a hard line on Christianity. When we were kids, we would say things like, when I grow up, I want to be like, and this usually ended with some sports athlete or maybe a TV show hero that we liked. But have you ever thought about the heroes in the Bible that you would like to be more like? You ever thought about being more like Daniel, perhaps? Daniel was a very courageous man who proved his faith in God under some serious obstacles. I encourage you to be like Daniel. In fact, I dare you to be like Daniel. In American colonial history, a group of English people who came seeking religious freedom settled in Plymouth, Massachusetts. They established the first permanent colony in New England in 1620. But think about this for a minute. What if a decree in present day time was made by a political leader stating that you can no longer worship God. You could never again read your Bible or go to church or even mention the name of God. This thought is scary to many and it's closer to our back door than some may want to even admit. But Christian persecution is nothing new. As the most persecuted group in the world being a Christian in many areas is a constant matter of life and death. There have been some reports that claim approximately 90,000 Christians were killed across the globe in 2016. We have many accounts of Christian persecution, which is found in the Bible. In the book of Acts, we learn from the first Christian martyr named Stephen, a member of the early church who was brought before the Sanhedrin the assembly of Jewish religious leaders, on charges of blasphemy. Stephen was subsequently stoned, touching off a mass persecution of Christians led by a man named Saul of Tarsus. However, after claiming to have received a vision of Jesus in the clouds, Saul's name was changed to Paul, and he became a convert to Christianity. His new faith would subject him to various imprisonments and beatings some of which he recounted in New Testament writings. The first organized Roman persecution of Christians was ordered by Emperor Nero in 64 AD. Now Nero blamed the Christians for the great fire of Rome, although it is speculated by many historians that Nero was responsible for setting the fire in the first place. Christian persecution after Nero's reign was sporadic. Carried out by local Roman magistrates responding to local prejudices. Because Christians did not worship Roman gods, they were blamed for calamities that befell upon the empire, such as famines or pestilence. Many evil rulers who follow Satan have tried to do away with the worship of the one true God. And one of those historical events comes to us from the book of Daniel in the Bible. The book of Daniel is named for the writer that authored it. Daniel was the great prophet of God and was of noble or royal birth. Daniel was considered to be a brilliant, young, handsome man. He was under special care of God and was trained by him to bear witness to God's name at the heathen court that then ruled the world. Daniel's skill as an interpreter of dreams is also well-established. Daniel was in the first group of captives taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. He had been stolen away from his father's house and carried into a foreign land. There Daniel learned the ways of Babylon. He found himself in the midst of a strongly polytheistic religious culture, but Daniel stood firm in his faith among the Babylonian people. Daniel and his friends were given new names by their captors. Their names were changed to reflect Babylonian culture in an attempt to take away their Jewish identity, to make them forget their country, their God. The change in name was meant to be significant of a change in religion as well. But though they might change Daniel's name, they could not change his nature, nor would he give up anything that he believed to be right. The young man increased in wisdom and knowledge, They gained favor in the king's court. They met several tests to prove that the god whom they worshipped was still in control, although they were being held captive by pagan people. Now, the city of Babylon was the most magnificent city of the ancient world. It was situated in the cradle of the human race it had built around the Tower of Babel. and was a favored residence of Babylonian, Assyrian, and Persian kings. Babylon was close to the original Garden of Eden and was near where Noah built his ark. The most spectacular construction in Babylon was the Hanging Gardens, which were considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Nebuchadnezzar had the gardens built inside the walls of his palace to ease the homesickness of his wife, Amethyst. She was from Media, which was a wild, mountainous country. Babylon was brought to the zenith of its power and its glory by King Nebuchadnezzar, who during his 45-year reign never wearied of building and beautifying its palaces and temples. He was the most powerful king. Nebuchadnezzar had come to the throne. He had captured most of the world in that day. In fact, he is the last great ruler that the world has ever known. He was wicked and heathenistic. And in the third chapter of Daniel, we're given an account of the sovereignty of God in spite of wicked rulers and heathenism. Jerusalem had been ruined because of their turning away from God. Nebuchadnezzar the king had made an image of gold. He set it up in the province of Babylon. Then a command was given that when the music started, all people from all nations were to bow down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And those that failed to do this would be immediately thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. So when the time had come and the music played, all the people bowed down and started worshiping this golden image, except for Daniel and his friends. Nebuchadnezzar, of course, was in a rage and a fury over this and gave the command for them to be bound and immediately cast into the midst of this burning furnace, which he had heated seven times more than it was usually heated. Daniel knew that God was able to deliver them from this burning furnace. And after, th- and after three were thrown in the fire, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished because he saw not only three, but four men walking in the fire. Daniel was rescued by God. Daniel refused to bow down and worship a pagan king. In fact, the bodies of these men were unscathed. The fire had not touched them. Their hair was not singed. Their garments showed no signs of burning, and there was no smell of fire to be detected on them. Nebuchadnezzar was shown that no other god could do the miraculous wonders and deliver like this. The king quickly realized that Daniel served the true god. And so a decree was made that any people or nation or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Daniel and his friends shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Those were the new names of Daniel and his friends. Daniel and his friends refused to worship the pagan Babylonian gods. Had they complied with their rulers, they would have displeased God to whom they surrendered their body and soul. The book of Daniel emphasizes the truth that God is in control of world history. It shows the absolute sovereignty of the Lord, the God of Israel. Daniel stands as one of the only major figures in the Bible to produce a completely positive record of his actions. Now in the 6th chapter of Daniel, we're given another historical account of Daniel's actions and the sovereignty that God has. Darius the Mede had taken over as ruler and king and had set provincial governors to rule over the kingdom of whom Daniel was one of those governors. In fact, Daniel was given rule over the whole realm, and this angered the others. They were jealous of his success, they were resentful of his integrity, and they were intolerant of his faith. They sought to find some charge against Daniel, but not being able to find any wrongdoing, they decided to make up a false charge against him and use his faith against him. These governors proposed a scheme to Darius to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except Darius shall be cast into the den of lions. The governors knew that Daniel was true to God. Would never submit to this decree. They knew that he prayed three times a day, and that's how they sought to accuse Daniel of wrongdoing. Daniel meditated on God's word day and night, and he prospered and was successful because of this. He centered his thinking on God's word. Daniel was governed by biblical convictions. Daniel, after knowing about this new decree, still went to his upper room at his home with his windows open. Towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees to pray, give thanks to God. These men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. So they quickly went to the king, revealing what Daniel was doing. Darius was angered by this. He commanded that Daniel be thrown into the den of lions and have the opening covered with a rock and the king's seal put on it. When the king went back the next day, he discovered that Daniel hadn't been harmed by the lions God had sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. King Darius became an immediate believer of the true God, for he is the living God, and he delivered Daniel. Daniel's God was not like the pagan gods that Darius had been worshiping. Daniel had taken the could have taken the next 30 days off from praying, or he could have just closed his shutters when he prayed, but he didn't. Daniel would not be cowered or backed into submission. He would stand firm in the faith of his Lord and God, out of his love for him. Daniel's faith was tested, and our faith is being tested now and every day. There never was a man yet who had faith who did not have trials. Wherever there is faith in God, it will be tested and tested again at some time or another. Even today, we see many travesties against Christianity and God. We've already been told by tyrannical governments and government leaders that churches can't meet or sing in their church services. Now, how long before we're told we can't worship the true God? How long is it going to be before we're asked to worship a false god? Have you ever been in a position where you were asked to do something that you knew wasn't right? Perhaps you thought you'd be fired for standing up for what is right or Would be mocked or laughed at. Maybe you thought you could go to jail for standing firm in your convictions for God. If you haven't experienced this in the future, you may very well face a situation that will test your faith. And what will you do? Will you stand up for Christ, against the norm of society? Or will you bow down and worship a false god? You won't be popular by standing up for what is right. And you may lose some earthly things such as material wealth. You'll have Satan telling you not to stand up for what is right. He'll tell you that you're making a fool of yourself or you're being foolish. Daniel was faced with doing the right thing, and Daniel stood up for truth. With the Lord's help, Daniel did the right thing, but he wasn't alone. God was with him. Jesus went into the lion's den, and he went into the fiery furnace. And Christ did this for Daniel and his friends, and he does this for you and for us. What a better world we would be living in if we had a multitude of young men like Daniel who put their feet down and stood up for the glory of God. God and God's word was everything to Daniel, and God and his word should be everything to us as well. Daniel was never concerned with anything earthly or of men's claims or even selfish desires. Daniel knew he had to obey God rather than men if the orders of man conflicted with God's commands. And we as Christians must always obey God. In the Lord's deliverance of Daniel, we see God's great love and his authority. Are you governed by biblical convictions from a heart that loves God? There are many people who profess to be Christians, but are just floating along the common norms of this world. Oh sure, they take the name of Christian. They go to their place of worship and go through their ceremonies, but never allow true Christianity into their lives. They are just like the ungodly in society, who never attend church and don't take the name Christian. These are the people who go with the worldliness of life and never once give any thought to Christ or his commandments. This is the satanic temptation, which is wrecking our churches and doing much mischief to men of God. Daniel, though tempted strongly, did not yield. Many people will not stand firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. They'll always take the easy way. They don't want to offend the ungodly because it won't make them popular. They're more concerned with the things of this world rather than with the divine. May God give us back the old grit that used to be in old-fashioned Christians to whom social customs was was nothing, but God's word was everything. Soon we shall see an evil ruler who will rule the world in just a short time before the true world ruler comes to reign forever. Daniel was ready to face the lions for his God. What are you willing to face for your God? We are encouraged, and as Christians, we are expected to act like Daniel. Are you like Daniel, or are you more like Jonah, who ran away from God's commands, or like Peter, who denied Christ? Are you ready to face your lion? The book of Daniel paints a portrait of how to serve God faithfully in the middle of such a world and how to persevere in hope even when there are no immediate solutions to the problems that get us down. The book of Daniel consistently emphasizes that the fortunes of kings and the affairs of humans are subject to God's decrees and that he is able to accomplish his will despite the most determined opposition of the mightiest potentates on earth. Christ will give you the power and the courage to defy any unbiblical order, no matter what the cost. By standing on Christ the rock, you will dare to be a Daniel. So dare to be a Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a purpose firm. Dare to make it known. Dare to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. That's all the time I have for you now, folks. God bless you all and keep living Christian Strong.